<laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back. Back again, man. Uh, I got my co-host water. Drink all of this. Drink it every single day. Don't ever slip on the water, man. Don't ever, don't ever, don't ever skimp on this right here, man. Water is the key to life, man. The key. When uh, Stevie Wonder was talking about songs and the key of life, he was talking about water. Whole album is dedicated to water. Not a lot of people know that about songs in the key of life and Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder owes all his success as a musician to water. So without water, he's not here. Okay, keep that in mind, man. Make sure y'all drinking enough of it and loving it and cherishing it and bathing in it and holding it, cradling it, rinsing off in it. You know what I'm saying? All that good stuff, man. Water. How much water you had today, Amir? You about to begin now? Oh, Amir, it's 1.38 p.m. <laughs> he just now getting in on his water? And he was eating Doritos. I had orange juice. I had orange juice. He was drinking orange juice when I came in. I saw that. I saw the orange juice. But he has the water right there in his hand. He got the Fiji water, which is which is some good water. Anyway, got my producer extraordinaire, Sabrina Sith in the building. Sabrina Castro. You're... In the building, what it is. as usual. Um, we in here, man. I want to give a shout-out to my patron saints, first and foremost. Um, shout-out to Tony Ant, Kobe McGuire, who's in Daddy Issues and here, Candy Cammy, Chris Russell, Nakia Best, Jay Rome, Mishi Cake, Abby, Sarita, Joe Lita, Isaac Gentry, Tamara, Styler, T.C. Smooth. What up, T.C.? Alindra, Abdi. Uh, Tara David, Rodney, Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Is that Carmen? Carmen, Alice, Chelsea, uh, G. Lowry, Granny, the Math Wiz in the building, Queen Delmarva, Nana P, Art by Diego, Chris Russell, Simone L., Latoya Larkin. Man, I appreciate y'all, man. Etta's up in here, man. Wise Owl is in this thing, man. Quiet Storm Beauty in this thing. Christina Gordon in this thing, man. Shout out to all of y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. The patron saints, I love y'all passionately and uh, super appreciate all of it. Um, it's good to be alive. It's February. Appreciating life out here, you know what I'm saying? Because the alternative is what? Death. Okay. We could be out of here. We could be face down. We could be face down or we could be face up or we could be dust. Whatever the case may be. We don't have to be here. You know what I'm saying? So if you are here, appreciate it. Cherish it. Hold it. Caress it. You know what I'm saying? Make the most of your time. You know what I'm saying? Do things you enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Do things you really enjoy, man. My patron saints, what do you enjoy doing? What's one of your favorite things to do? Sabrina, what's one of your favorite things to do? What do you enjoy? I enjoy food. Food. I enjoy eating, yeah. like a good meal, because mm -hmm. I, I can't say I enjoy eating and then it's like a trash meal. Like yeah. I'm empty inside. Um, I enjoy yeah. I enjoy your company. Okay. I really enjoy your company when we have like, you know, our little conversations that we be having yeah. and silly stuff and mm -hmm. making fun of the cats. I enjoy oh, that a cats. lot. Dorks. <laughs> Idiots. Busters. Um, you bring I enjoy complete silence oh. and doing absolutely nothing sometimes. Okay. That is a good time. Yeah. 
I I can watch paint dry and I might even enjoy really? it. When was the last time you did absolutely nothing? No phone, Yesterday. no nothing. You just literally just sat and looked. Yesterday. I um after you left, mm-hmm. I like I woke up and I just stared. Really? I just caught myself. I was like, man, I'm just staring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it what was, was you staring at? The ceiling. And then okay. I started looking out the window. Mm-hmm. And then I saw uh what's what's the bird? Hummingbird. A hummingbird. Uh, Hummingbirds been pulling up lately. Yeah, it's been a lot of hummingbirds in our backyard. It's mad hummingbirds, but yeah. So I was just staring. So you know, sometimes when you stare out the window, you just get lost. Oh man, I get lost looking at anything. Yeah, so that's what I'm I did. easily losable on the on the stare down. Oh man, I yeah. could be looking dead at somebody, and then I'm immediately <laughs> lost. I'm looking. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. And man, he's staring at me. No, I was, I was past you. It's like, oh, he. You're not really I'm all listening, over the huh? Place. And it's like you're in your mind, like, did I get bananas? Out of here. Yeah. Like I like bananas with brown spots. <laughs> they talking, they talking serious business to me, but I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, my patron saints are saying they. Let's see what they enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ty Junior enjoys playing poker. You know what I'm saying? Granny says eating. Etta says being crafty. Nakia says reading. Candy Cammy spending time with my family and food. Queen Delmarva, water cooler painting. Wow. Um, Chris working out. Uh, Latoya reading a good mystery. MTMTV says I enjoy sleep. Um, Miss Incredible. Oh, Mrs. Incredible, going to the movies by myself. Mm. I, you, that's my, that's me all day. The movies. Yeah. I don't have to be by myself, but I just love the movie theater. Um, movies been dry lately. I mm. feel like um, they ain't really been pumping them out like that. But man, movie. Misha Cake says reading, video games, and doing puzzles. Yo, puzzles are underrated. And puzzles. I feel like we as youth should do more puzzles, man. Now, you ain't got to be old and retired to embrace the puzzle game. The only reason I'm not doing more puzzles now is because I'm, I'm in a phase in my life where I don't want clutter. I don't want stuff just laying around <laughs> for no reason. Like, and you know, I, 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 need, I, I just need a, a moment of minimalism in my living space. So that's the only reason... I don't have a puzzle going right now, like a big puzzle. I used to do puzzles when I was younger because my dad would get them, and I would go in his basement and do puzzles. It'd be like, you know, a puzzle of one of those bridges that, what do they call those bridges in, like, you know, the the northeast or, you know, you call it a Sleepy Hollow Bridge. It's the bridge with the rooftop. It's, like, enclosed. Oh. What's the What's the specific name for those type of bridges? You know what that makes me think of? That makes me think of Beetlejuice. Uh, it's literally Beetlejuice. called a covered bridge. Oh, a covered bridge. It's That's it. That simple? Simple. Man. Um, I'm a fan of covered bridges, so I would do like a, a puzzle that would have like a covered bridge. You got leaves and I was low key. I was doing like tough puzzles because that's not a that's not an easy one to do. Because, um, you know, you got the leaves and the leaves. You can get lost in the leaves on the puzzle. Hmm. You can get lost there. And so, yeah, I, I need to do a puzzle again. Another Puzzles thing I need fun. to do is take my comic books to storage. I need to get that garage situation handled because mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to waste this garage. Mm-mm. And neither are you. Neither am I. We're going to be in that garage. Yeah. I'm actually it's really. too much garage real estate for us to not be in there. I'm really excited about the comic book corner being cleared because mm. that's. Don't pin it on me. No, man. no, 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 no. But it's not even just on you because okay. I've been trying to figure out what to do with that section as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm like, all right, I'm not saying that you're going to fart around, but we need to put them somewhere. Right. We do need to put them somewhere. And um, and then I get to move that table. It's just going to be space over there. And then you can be out like, I, I'm obviously, I feel like I'm going to be the one to build your little thing. Because you know uh, I like building the pull up Every bar, time there's pull something up that bar. needs to be built in the house, I'm probably going to build it. Because mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I enjoy, yeah. I'm like the handyman in the house. Um, And I'm excited about that. Because then yeah. you get to have a spot that you just be like, let me just. Mm-hmm. Go out there, you the get corner. to, yeah. The corner. And I want to get a bike. Yep. And you can watch TV or watch your laptop. Because the garage is prime. It's a good garage, It's yo. a great fucking garage. There's room in there. So, like, yeah, we have, like, a two-car garage, but we also have an extra section of the garage. It's like, think of a New York studio apartment. We have that in the garage as so, attached to uh, the regular car part of the garage. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. There's room in that garage. Because mm-hmm. I like, like, because uh, I've, I've, I've been in the garage for, you know, hang, like hanging out. I sweep in there. Like I clean up and, you know, I fold my merch in there. And so it's a good vibe in that garage. I'm like, yeah, it's a good garage. It just sucks that I got to pay money. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to pay money to put my comic book somewhere. Because Sincere don't want me to get rid of the comics. I, I low-key thought about bringing the comic books to this studio. You should. Why but, uh, but then I'm going to have to come get them eventually because they, they can't stay here forever. So it's just uh, like, nah, you know, I don't want to deal with the hassle of that. So, but yeah, yo. I would just do it until you have to get them. Yeah. Until, you, until you have to pay for... Uh, I so mean, put it in Brennan's uh, office. Nobody cares. It's going to be in the back of my mind. Like, I need to get those comic books. All right. So it's just like, ugh. Yeah, uh, Chex Max say you can't get rid of the comic books. I'm going to keep them. But they just, you know, they're taking up the space. This is, I'm telling y'all, it's a good garage. It's a good garage. And it, it should be getting maximum airtime out here in these streets. Um, um, speaking of the garage uh-huh. and the fact that you want a bike, Peloton is back in the news. Oh, again? Mm-hmm. What are they doing now? They fired over 2,000 employees. Why? It doesn't say why, but they gave them, Peloton gave them a free one-year subscription uh-huh. on the way out. Oh, that's going to make it better. Yeah. Meanwhile, their family's starving to death. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you get the free you know, subscription. I still didn't get your email. Um. Oh, I'll try again. Um. But yeah, that's that's a pretty like. I wonder why. I don't know. I wonder why. They remove you. Um. Um. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine getting fired from somewhere and be like, "Don't worry, buddy. You still get to utilize us for a year," (laughs) instead of being like. So I wonder if they laying people off because it because it matters on why people got fired. That that would paint in the board because they if they do have to lay people off, that's a pretty good parting gift. It says uh, Peloton offers laid-off employees 12 months of free exercise classes. Oh, so they got laid off. So, yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because, okay. you know, as a, as a company, you don't want to lay people off. 
Mm. And to give them something like that, that's pretty good. Damn, they, uh, the CEO, the founder, stepped down too. I wonder how, if this is going to affect the price of Pelotons. Cause Are they $1,000 now? I, don't, I know they're expensive. Let me see the price of a Peloton right now. Because, uh, let me see, Peloton bike. Peloton. Oh, there it is. I, I think they was waiting on a buyout. <clears throat> he was waiting on the buyout? Is that what it was? It blew up. Like, it's like, over time, it's just like, all right, everybody has one of these all of a sudden. And now it's like a thing. Like, I think maybe a month or two ago, something happened. I don't know exactly what happened. Uh-huh. But it's like their stock dipped. And then all of a sudden, it was like, we're going under. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was waiting on a buyout from somebody. And it yeah. didn't come. And now they're just laying everybody off. I think they hired way too many people initially, and then they started losing money, and then they're like, oh, we got to stop doing this, stop that. And doing all That's, that there it is. Makes total sense now. It does make sense. And they, they gave him a pardon gift. I can't be mad at it. The bike is $2,400. Jesus. $59 a month if you pre-qualify. Jeez, man. Um, yeah, it's over. They're all pretty. That's the cheapest one, too. Free delivery, though. Thank you. Free delivery. <laughs> That's how they get you. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, At that point, do you care? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like if I have the money to spend on this, it's it's okay. Hey, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yo, how do I get this this thing to sit beside? Oh, you drag it out like I told like I taught you. Oh, I'm gonna drag it. Huh? Okay. I teach Tony. Not every week. I didn't oh, you, you week. heard me? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's because I had my phone last week. I didn't actually, <laughs> it was different. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. I forget it. All right. So, Tandy Newton. So, Tandy Newton, I don't know if y'all saw this on uh, The Shade Room. And Tandy Newton was she got emotional addressing how she wanted to apologize for darker skinned actresses for being underrepresented, being played in the industry. And went even further, just like, you know, she apologized for <laughs> she's like, for stealing your men. And yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah, she <laughs> threw that in there. And a lot of people were just like, you ain't stealing my man. You ain't stealing. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh, Lord, you ain't stealing nobody's man, girl. Yeah. This, that, and the third. <laughs> Here, here's what I think she meant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We all know, and we're all not idiots. Y'all know what she meant. Mm-hmm. There's been a long divide within the black population in America, light skin, dark skin. We all know this. Mm-hmm. It's front and center. It is what it is. It's been going on a long time. Colorism within the African-American experience. Now, a lot of dudes will be like, only light, light-skinned girls. This, that, and the third. A lot of people highlight light-skinned women. This has been going on for a long time. And so that creeps up in the mind of so many women that they feel less than because their skin may be darker. Right? This, is, this has been going on. And so I think what she meant by that is the bigger picture, not her personally stealing your man, but 
a lot of men are guilty of perpetuating this thing like, oh, light-skinned women are better. Light-skinned women are more beautiful, this, that, and the third. They're more desirable. And so this has been a long issue going on within the black community. And, you know, my mom is of mixed race. She's light-skinned. So she dealt with issues growing up that were out of her control that, oh, oh, you think you better than us. You think you prettier than us because you light-skinned, this, that, and the third. You you know, the boys like you because you light-skinned, this, that, and the third. And so a lot of times what happens is, you know, we overlook the feelings of these kids that are lighter-skinned who didn't sign up for the lighter skin. They're just born the way they were born. So now they're thrust into a situation where you can't even defend yourself or speak up about your traumas or your issues because, you know, you got certain populations. You're getting it on both sides, first of all. White people still look down on you. Uh, black folks are still looking down on you because you may think you're better than them. Even even though you didn't exhibit that behavior, you're still catching the heat. And they used to try to tease my mom. They used to try to bully my mom. She was, you know, light and bright in, in Chicago. So coming back to Tandy Newton, so now we know in Hollywood that they don't give African-American actresses a fair shake. We know that they like to cast lighter-skinned women in things. We know that, you know, there's been a long issue of lightening everything up in Hollywood. And Tandy feels guilty about that. She feels guilty about, you know, them, her getting picked for roles that, you know, they overlooked the dark woman for. And then people were like, well, why don't you just not take the role? That's easier said than done. Like, what if... Tandy was a true soldier for that early on. She wouldn't even have a career. She'd be like, nah, uh, I'm not going to take this role because y'all should give it to a darker-skinned actress. She's got to eat. She's still a professional actress. She still has She still has the right to, you know, work in a craft that she's loved and she trained for. And so, although it's honorable to turn down a role because, you know, I should go to a darker-skinned woman... She still has to eat, though. She still has to, you know, get her acting rocks off, if you will. Um, and I understand turning down a role that, like, if you're playing a person that was an actual person, like, uh, what's... Uh, oh, uh, Nina Simone. Nina Simone situation. Cast a dark actress for that, for sure. Right. You know, you shouldn't... Zoe Saldana should not have been playing Nina Simone by any stretch At of the all. imagination. At all. But if it's a role that that's not skin skin tone specific, why should she just be like, oh, I'm turning down that role because y'all ain't hiring black actresses out here? You know what I mean? And to carry that guilt along with doing what you love to do. I remember early in her career, my introduction to her was the movie Beloved. And she played the aborted child of a of a woman that was sexually assaulted. And so I can see I can see them casting a lighter skinned black woman for that role, given given the the setup of the the whole story. So that was my intro to her. And then I think she was in Jefferson in Paris where she played a mixed race woman and stuff like that. And so she really feels bad to carry this guilt of accepting roles when she knows there's a there's a skin color disparity in the game that she has chosen to live her life in. And I think it's unfair for us to immediately write her off 
because she feels a certain way. And like, you know, it, it con- and she connected it to her mom who was darker skin and she's just carrying this weight. And we got to allow people to just, you know, speak their truths. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, is she not allowed to speak her truth about guilt? And, and she's not perfect by any means. And like, as soon as an actor or an actress displays any emotion, we write them off. If we disagree with them, oh, they just acting. They they paid to do this. This is what they can do. We don't believe you. And I feel like these are discussions that we need to have. And we gotta let the light skinned people say they peace. It's hard though. We we, we still gotta let I them know. say they peace. Because I always feel like I can't speak on a lot of things, um, even though I experience a lot of. Because I'm the lightest person on my father's mm-hmm. side. I'm literally the lightest skinned woman. Right. Um, in my family. And I see, yo, when I tell you that everybody in my family is gorgeous, and I'm not just saying that because we share the same blood, but like everyone's beautiful. You see my cousins? Yeah. They're all amazing looking people. Mm. But I've seen the struggle that they've gone through and it right. hurts me because I also I also seen the, di- the difference in treatment mm-hmm. and I also see the self-hate uh, right. and I see the the avoidance of things that are natural to them like their hair and like mm-hmm. this and the third and it like it hurts you know to see it and it also hurts to know that i'm treated differently because i don't deal with those things right and it like and i'm, I'm always like you know i'm here i'm always here to like stand up for them and mm-hmm. every other uh woman and person uh, that deals with the same thing right but at the same time i might be told to shut up stop fighting for us and it's like okay i get it yeah you know i mean but it's also like if I can say something, or if I can, like you know, yeah. I do want to speak up because it's not fair. It's not fucking fair. I didn't sign up for this right. shit. Like, but you have a right to speak your truth on yeah. what what you deal with. And yeah, that, that's my thing. Like, if you if you feel bad for a certain thing that mm-hmm. comes your way, mm-hmm. you have a right to speak up on that, regardless yeah. of the, the situation is fucked up. Yeah, but light skinned people that get shitted on just because you're mm-hmm. light skinned, you do get the special treatment in some cases. Mm-hmm. But you also get the other side of it, which is it might be envy, it might be jealousy, or it might just be, yo, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, because and it you, sucks. Cause I'm like, and I'm it's sorry. like we're muffling you because you're lighter skinned. And that's not right either. You yeah. know, because you do have a perspective. You do have mm-hmm. experiences that are unique to you now, just mm-hmm. ba- simply based on something you had no control over. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's true. Like, I'm not white enough for white rooms. Yeah. Especially the shit when I talk, of course, like right. I'm obviously. But even if I were to try to switch it up and be very proper with my, right. like, you know, I have to like literally code switch altogether yeah. to even attempt to be respected in certain rooms mm. because regardless, they're still gonna look at me as different. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then and then the one the rooms that I'm most comfortable in, I still get like, you know, like side-eyed and it's mm. like okay i don't really know what to do now <laughs> right but um i will i will say it's a huge red flag as a light-skinned afro-latina when a dude s- tries to shit on dark-skinned women mm-hmm. that's a huge red flag and but also i feel really weird that even tandy even had to bring that up like it's just like you're not stealing relax honey that, like, see and that that's my problem right but there. like the no relax, it's just honey like, is not but it's like wait, she didn't have to bring it up I feel like she but didn't think, have to bring it up because it's like 
I get it because I think I've she dealt worded with it. it wrong. Yes, she but worded it wrong. But I knew the bigger picture she was speaking yes. on, and that's what people need to focus on rather than yeah. buy, honey. You're not stealing. Girl, buy. It's too many girl buys. In yeah, there. yeah. I think because I think she should have know, addressed that to to the men. Instead we of, know that's the topic. Yeah, and we know that that's an issue for a lot of people, and so. Mm-hmm. That's what we needed to focus on rather than taking it personal and being like, girl, you ain't stealing my man. Ain't nobody. We we know damn well this has been an issue oh, yeah. for a long time. I, Pe- I... Perpetuated by men mm-hmm. and the shit that they say about darker skinned women. Yeah. And that's what she was referring to. We, she she definitely should have uh, addressed men. Yeah. But that... she was, you know, she yeah, had she was in her emotion. Yeah, she was crying. This it is was... why I text. This is true. This is why I write shit down and people be like, well, you always yeah. texting because I can go back and delete I can get my feelings together. I can get my thoughts together. But when you in the moment, you in mm-hmm. the pot, you crying, you in mid-cry, mid-emotion, be like, I'm sorry for stealing your men. Mm-hmm. She's not talking personal. She's just talking about the bigger picture of, uh, you know, colorism within the black community. Mm-hmm. And so, but people are like, girl, bye, you ain't stealing yeah. my man. Like, what, what? She talking about the bigger picture here. Yeah, yeah, and I, I get that. And I just wish she wouldn't have said it to women like that. But it, yeah. I get it. She was in the mid emotion, right. and like even I dealt with that. With like coming into your life, mm. I got a few comments. I was like, "But we just vibe, like, we, right? Like this is literally like my human. Like we we get each other on a like you know right. we're not thinking of what we look like complexion wise. Right. It's not like ooh, I like I like this person's complexion. Right. Let me holler. Like it was literally. We got to know each other's personality, mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, yeah. Because for me, like me personally, I've always just been attracted to a wide spectrum of skin tones. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I talk about I love dark skin, mm-hmm. love it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I talk about that all the time. But like, man, look at the complexion. Yeah, like I love a dark, super dark brown. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that, and. um but I never, I never discriminate on my attraction or like my dating thing based on skin tone. Like right. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like you too light, mm-hmm. or you 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 too dark. It's just yeah. The vibe is the vibe for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I'm not. Oh, I will admit though, I'm not a fan of too pale. Oh yeah, I get that. I feel that because I'm. Neat, I'm not one. a fan of too pale. No, no disrespect. I'm just, I'm just talking for from a personal, <laughs> personal preference. You know that. I know I know some people are gonna take this the wrong way, but if it's too pale. Yeah, yeah. I feel it. I get scared. <laughs> he does. In in the in the in the in the dark room. <laughs> if I see a pale face. A porcelain face. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. So if, if you scare me in the middle of the night, it's not gonna it's not gonna work long term. Oh! Scared the shit out of me, mm-hmm. but but I'm just talking about. But but everybody, you shouldn't feel. In my opinion, you shouldn't feel bad mm-hmm. about your preferences that you have no control over. You like what you like, but you can you can watch what you say and how you say it. Mm-hmm. But your preference is your preference. Physically, you like what you like. If you if you. If you don't like lighter skin, that's just not your thing. That's fine. You don't have to bash the other tones. Yeah, that's is the what main I'm saying. Because you, because you're gonna, you're gonna like what you like, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Everybody likes what they like, you know. Uh, yeah. But don't bash the other tones because the other tones are good too. Yeah. 
you know and that's I, the biggest issue like we get it preferences i also i also want people to address their colorist preference mm-hmm. like it's not okay i don't care if you're like i don't like dark-skinned women why like what the f- yeah. like i want to be like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah. but it's like it's that's such it's such a deep rooted thing. It's not just a preference. Like you need to address that and you need to handle that because right. that's not okay. Like when I hear that, I'm just like, what? Like, right? Because we all know that's rooted in something deeper. Mm. And like, I don't think like when I hear like, oh, my preference is my pre- preference, but they're like, they're like, you know, anti dark skin. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's deeper than yeah. what you're trying to you're trying to pass it it's that's not okay right you know what i mean i guess a pre- i get a preference like i like blondes or i like like you know i don't know i don't even know if people care about hair anymore like that since it switches up so much um or i like you know I, whatever the case i like skinny girls or big girls that's a preference there is that's a preference but when your quote-unquote preference is rooted in colorism that's an issue mm-hmm. and um and there's also yeah like there's also self hate right in that and like and also it's disrespectful to your your family your it could be disrespectful to your mom your grandmother your sister your you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's just like i feel like it's just so much like you need to address it right and really like be like okay is this a, a an innocent preference mm-hmm. or is it deeper than that right and and uh yeah, I just feel like when I hear that, it's just like, oh, okay. And even, you know, I'm, I'm light-skinned, so it's like mm-hmm. that preference doesn't, I don't, like, obviously it wouldn't affect me, but it does right. because I think about my family. Mm-hmm. I think about, like, you know, I've seen what one specific cousin has gone through mm-hmm. and, like, gorgeous, but people were so mean to her growing mm-hmm. up. And I'm just like, like, I just never understood it. And, like, you know, me, I'm like so anti-bully and especially if you're my family like right so i i i always i want people to heal from that because mm-hmm. i don't want anybody else to go through that i don't want that kind of damage to continue and i feel like we are headed in that in that direction which is a beautiful thing yeah like i feel like we're headed in the direction of like like we're slowly trying to overcome colorism yeah and it's nice yeah it's nice. We got to have the discussions. We got to have the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. And we got to stop being so uh, triggered by one little piece of the conversation to where we just we, we cut everything off and tell everybody to shut the hell up when they try to come in with their perspective. Um, Amir just showed me a tweet that says women have a hard time dating in L.A. This doesn't really have much to do with what we're, what we're saying, but women have a hard time dating in L.A. because the men have standards there and they'll live and die by those standards. Women have an easier time dating in the South because the men in the South have no standards. Oh, wow. He's going to diss the whole South. <laughs> I, I truly think that is a part of colorism, though. So you saying a black person uh, tweeted that, I, I assume? Yeah. Because when you think of L.A., what do you think? Like, necessarily. If, and we're all from the East and, you know, mm-hmm. what it's like over there. Right. When I saw this tweet, the first thing to me was, like, when I came to L.A., I'm uh-huh. like, really ain't too many of us out here. Yeah. There are. Like, they are here. I'm not going to say there aren't. But right. in comparison to being, like, I'm from Atlanta or uh-huh. even Virginia, it's not the same. So right. when I saw this, I was like, what do they mean by standards? And what are your standards? Right. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen out here is, like, we like them lighter you know kind of this like it's a specific kind of look and mm-hmm. i was like that sounds partially not fully but partially colorist like your standard is 
What? It could be, but I feel like coming coming from a person that grew up elsewhere outside of LA, but I grew up I grew up watching movies and TV like crazy. So mm-hmm. I'm watching movie, I'm watching music videos. So growing up you know the 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 women in the music videos when they, they when they in LA when they in their tub there was a mixture of skin tones within those videos it was like the the sexy dark girl mm-hmm. the sexy light skinned girl they, they it was it was a mixture of like man but they 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 just looked they were pretty they were fine they were you know and it was just like man the women out in LA man they look like so yeah, Immediately, I get that part. It was like they look good. I go to video girl standards or like, you know, model models, video girls, uh, you know, actresses, that type of vibe. So within that, for me, personally, I'm thinking of different skin tones. I'm throwing white women in there. You know, it's just a different, a different type of look. I wouldn't necessarily automatically go yeah. light skin. I would just go models. Yeah, that's, that's see, where that, I would go to first. Yeah, the model look. Yeah, yeah, I know I've seen a lot of dark skin models. I've seen a lot of light. You know, so for me, when I think L.A. women first, I'm like, oh, the models, the the best, the best of the best go to L.A. You know, in terms of looks. Yeah, you know, the finest girl from every state is going to L.A. Yeah, you know, I get yeah, and I I get that too. That's what I was thinking initially. Like my first instinct wasn't like ah, but it was just the way it was said. It was just yeah. like there's. It's like why is it why would men in LA have higher standards or anything like that? It's because right. there's a <clears throat> like a bigger pool of better looking women to pick from. And it's like what those what do those kind of women look like? Right. And if we're talking models, you know, what kind of models do they look like? Are they more Eurocentric looking? Or yeah. you know, or anything like that. Right. And that could be a you know, it it's kinda like a, a trickle down effect. It's like yeah. well, it was one thing and it'd be like, Oh yeah, it's like this and then it's like da 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 mm-hmm. and then him throwing the South in there it'd be like, Y'all have an easier time in the South made it be like, All right. <laughs> right. You you kinda you kinda went a little, you know Right. Like the the no standards thing is, is whoa, you just go yeah, disrespect like, oh, you have no standards at the whole like region. It. And I got a region question for you, uh Sabrina. What's up? But uh but yeah, like and I feel like, and I would I would hear that about LA men all the time. But but I will say this about LA, and I say this all the time. People people misconstrue LA with Hollywood. Yes, I hundred percent agree. There's two different. There's two different groups of people. There are the people that come out here for Hollywood and the glamorous lifestyle of entertainment and all that all that it brings. But there there are a group of homegrown LA black folks that are not LA people. They're oh, from LA, but I they're not them. the LA that people like to shit on and this yeah. and generalize as one specific thing. There is a there's a culture here and everybody yeah. has their own sense of culture and you can only get that when you are in those kind of neighborhoods. But what right. we see on TV is nothing so we like see the Hollywood culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like Lamert Park. That culture is gorgeous. Is, like yeah. that is amazing. I love Lamert. And like everybody there, I really I really rock with everybody there because yeah. it feels so genuine. It feels so real. The it's energy. like yeah. and it's funny because when I Shea talk to butter. people, it's like even the questions are different. Like yeah. I feel like outside of that you get the like, oh hi, my name is da da da. What do you do? Yeah. Over there, it's not so. They're not so quick to ask, what do you do? Yeah. It's like, oh, like you know, like mm-hmm. oh, what are you about? Like yeah. you know, people right. really want to know you as a person. Yeah. Like, like, like what you what you like, doing here? Like, yeah. yeah. What can how I get can from I, you? Yeah. Right. How can I benefit yeah. off of you? And I'm so sick of that culture in yeah. L. A. Um, 
because there is a lot of that you know i like i just be wanting and also i like being social like when i go to like different vegan events mm. or like just different events in general i like being social but i'm sick of the like how can i benefit off of you yeah, yeah. or like i hate when people who do know or I, I, the one thing, I, this happened once before, mm-hmm. where somebody brought up your name. Like, oh, yeah, this is Tony Baker's girl. Like, oh, mm-hmm. and then they become extra nice to me. Like, nah, mm-hmm. son. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you're not you're not getting near him. <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I like Lamert Park because it doesn't feel like that. Right. It feels like, or I'm not going to say Lamert Park. It's like, obviously Lamert Park. But the people that hang out there, it's mm-hmm. just a different energy. Yeah. Right. And I, I feel like I, a lot of major cities are going to end up feeling like what L.A. does. Like, how it's... Mm-hmm. socialize like how it looks yeah and then how it actually is in particular areas because every city's you know rapidly moving towards like gentrification and stuff so the face mm-hmm. of the city changes from the people who are of the culture or anything like that and then right. it switches to being more like well we just kind of here and it yeah. kind of feels like this you go to a different city and it's like this kind of feels the same as this place where if you go to these different other like major cities it feels like that city rather than it being right. another yeah. place and i think that's you know la was one of the first places to do it because Hollywood necessarily yeah. it's th- like one of the main reasons why it popped up that way but LA was big you know known for other things as well mm-hmm. and then it just mm-hmm. happened to be like it's just like this wave of people just kept coming in and flux and it changed yeah. the way people I looked at the people of LA and then you get a misconception you come here and you're thinking that and then you meet people and be like oh it's not really that bad right yeah, yeah. Yep. I think it, it every major city is in trouble of that being a thing that is the norm you know, and the next twenty it. years or so or so. I hate it, man. I love I love I love when the city has its own identity, its own feel, its own vibe. Yes. Mm-hmm. It just it just makes the country doper if every city has a different vibe. It's like yeah. that suburban look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like when you go out to the suburbs, it's the same kind of plazas and the you yeah. know, the same you be like, Oh, this is boring, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm scared it's gonna happen. East City is gonna be, oh, here come the Starbucks, here come this, that, and the yeah, third. Here come the same like, condos. Yeah. Family, Every city I go Come to, the on, same. man. Yeah. It's just like when I go back to Chicago and I, I go to areas that were, you know, once projects or whatever, and then I see the the, the new kind. Con- they look nice, of course. I'm like, man, you know, why can they look like this? And we mm-hmm. were in the building, right? You know, it's just frustrating, and it's just like, man, I don't want it to get, I don't want it to get stale and cookie cutter and boring mm-hmm. and like, you know, I I just hate that whole. Cause I love how every city has a different vibe. Yeah, it gets it, it's it starts in like the center. They strip it down to downtown and midtown yep. areas, and, and then it starts spreading out. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the reverse effect. Cause initially it was like we don't want y'all out here, so everybody inner city. If you ain't right. making that much money, you work in the city. And now it's like right. we like the city, so y'all gotta go back. Yeah, you know it, it's it's pretty bad. Trash. I always wish like all the new stuff that be popping up in New York, like um. It is, there's just so much stuff. There's a lot of stuff that erases New York culture that I don't appreciate, mm. but there's a lot of dope stuff that I do appreciate because it's just like really nice looking or whatever. And I'm like, man, I wish all New Yorkers could appreciate this more right. than the transplants. Um, <laughs> Styler, I see you with the brick. Brick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I like Oakland a lot. I like, I like their Oakland culture and their like yeah. their vibe. If and then like you know, I was just there. I was just driving through. It's it's artwork literally everywhere in Mm -hmm. oakland and it's so dope and you feel the pride and like that's like it has so much personality so much and it's so dope to the bay shout out to the bay but like specifically shout out to oakland because even the people from there i'm like man Mm -hmm. i like oakland has one of the the dopest 
personalities in America as far as like a city with a vibe mm-hmm. that they're holding on to. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yo, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hope we never lose. I, I I hope and pray to God all the time about New Orleans. Yes. Because yes. I just be like, please New Orleans don't and lose. Oh yeah, New Orleans. Which y'all have and yeah. had because it's just a beautiful culture mm-hmm. in New Orleans. And I'm just like, and I know the city struggles financially with crime and then the 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 levees breaking and you know it's it's yeah. hit after hit. It's one of those Orleans. cities that's like it, can y'all get a break? It's below sea level and yeah. they talk about and this city ain't even gonna be a city too much longer. And it's just like, man, that's I do crazy. not want to lose that rich culture that is New Orleans. Yeah. And like, you know, Detroit was once this beacon of just like, this is the place to be. Detroit is popping. This is, this is, we got the culture, we got everything. And then the jobs dry up, the crime increases. And then it's just like, yeah, I up. want this city to recover. That. Yeah. And, you know, Detroit is one of the fastest depleting cities in the country. And it's just like, damn it. It's a trend. It though. was, it was once, you know, one of the best cities in America. Yeah, and now it's just like, damn. Any of those predominantly uh, minority cities are gonna. They, they, it's a struggle. It's, it's New Orleans is one. Then mm-hmm. I forgot what their percentage is demographic wise. Yeah. It's pretty high of black. Right. And then Detroit is another one. Mm-hmm. And then I think what's another place like Memphis is another example. Yep. Um, they're not nearly in that same situation. Oh, yeah. Baltimore is another one. Baltimore. Baltimore is. Rough, yeah. My God, I went and I was like, man, it's like you go down the street and it's like, yeah, absolutely. all these houses boarded up. Absolutely, I was like, man, but that's another example. Like, like those cities will be hit first, and then all of a sudden, then give it like twenty years. If it if they can't get a grasp of it themselves, then right. it just falls apart and it becomes in the hands of everything else. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's like, ah, we had sixty percent here, and now it's about twenty. Yeah, you and know? then we're gonna we're gonna be spread out all over the place. Yeah, like black folks are gonna be peppered throughout the country. And not not you know centralized in certain locations. And I like I like the fact that you know there there were pockets of strong black populations in the country where you know yeah, I'm gonna go out here and get some. Because sometimes I'll be looking for black folks, man. Yeah. Like when I go to cities, I'll be looking for black folks. I'll be mm-hmm. like, man, where the black folks at? Man? Yeah. Where y'all at? Mm-hmm. I'll be looking for y'all. And it's just that's facts. I, I just hate, I don't want us to be spread out thin and like, you know, all over the place and scattered throughout. I'll just be like, man, come on, man. Yeah. I mean. Where's the culture at? That's what they doing. That's what the white folk doing. So imagine if the roles were reversed, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. I'd be here for that. Man, dog. <laughs> um, what were you going to ask me? What was the regional question? Oh, oh, so we talked about this on Daddy Issues. Hip-hop wise. Okay. You got you to get rid of one region. Okay. East. Midwest, Southwest, who you losing? Wait, East, Midwest, Southwest, West. I knew I knew she was gonna say West. <laughs> that was my guess it hurts, for her. It hurts my soul because of Kendrick and yeah. like. I knew West was coming. Um, Mers and that's it. Because Midwest has too much. Midwest has atmosphere for me, like, and that's you know my favorite, yeah. like Slug, and then Common, and then. Chance and yeah, Midwest has too much. Um, obviously, the East ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I don't think anybody picked East either. Ain't nobody gonna pick the East. I don't think anybody picked East necessarily. <laughs> and I then, think DC did. Did you pick East? Yeah, he just want to be different. I think he, but 
Yeah, I don't. Not initially. He picked East because he's like based on what I listen to. Yeah, currently, he, he, kind of he ended up going mm. with the East. It is. There's a lot of factors into it though. Like yeah. into the answer, everybody's gonna have a different reason for why they our, pick. Mm-hmm. Our answers were diverse. It was like two two people picked Midwest, mm. and then I picked West. DC picked East. Ch- Chaz lost the South. Did he? I don't. I've re- I'm trying to think of the South. Ch- yeah, yeah, Chaz picked he the South. The South. Yeah. yeah, he lost the South. I, I'm not losing the South because I like. I like strip club anthems, <laughs> like a lot. Like mm-hmm. as a woman, that's what I listen to at the gym. Yeah. I don't know why I find it so empowering, but I'm like, yeah, shake that ass, girl. Mm. <laughs> Let me do another set. <laughs> in, in my opinion, there's a lot of empowerment in the South, in Southern the, music. No, the strip club. Yes, me. They, I, yeah. I feel that oh, way too. Sure. Yeah, I, 100% I feel, feel like, like that. Like they they have a lot of power. Yeah. As that's women. not a. If people take it as a joke and be like, I'm a. If everything fails, I'm gonna go strip, and I'm like, I don't think you realize what that is like yeah. it's just i would think it's just some easy thing to do and i was like nah that's art that's work it's mm-hmm. art it's work i respect it me too me personally like yeah. you know not and not being pervy mcgee but just like there are elements to a woman working at a strip club that because now that i'm grown and you know not a child anymore mm-hmm. i look at the total picture of you know, when I go to the strip club, yeah, of course, there's a woman naked. I'm just like, and, and, oh, yeah, titties, ass titties. and titties, of course. <laughs> but then I'm going deeper than that, and I'm just like, man, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's an independence here. There's, you know, mm-hmm. wh- what is she paying for? What is she paying off? How yeah. much is she making every weekend? Like, you know, she's probably making a good living. I see these I see these women leaving the strip club, getting in some fire vehicles. Yes. It's just like, yo, she out here doing her thing, getting her money. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and then the skill it takes to really pole dance and yes. do all of the stuff they're doing. The confidence of being completely naked in front of people mm-hmm. and just be comfortable, mm-hmm. like you got an outfit on. Yeah, that's something that I admire. Just as a person <laughs> that has issues with his own body, and I'm just like, man, you just really out here butt ass naked, mm-hmm. eating on your lunch break at the bar. Yo, man, you, like, you were all in when that girl was that doing girl that. That girl was on break, naked, eating chicken wings, yeah. sitting at the bar. And like, Tony was like, man, she really over there eating. She all really butt-ass naked <laughs> on her lunch crazy break. crazy thing to imagine, though. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, I could never just sit there butt-ass naked uh-huh. eating yeah. on my lunch break. It's just so many things that I think about, and I just, I just admire about the game. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. And there's like, there's like an unwritten code or I don't even know how to like I don't know what's the correct word for it but like the women love well not haters y'all y'all not included in this conversation Mm. but like women who love themselves love women who are dope and confident Mm. like we love to look at confident women yeah um I love posting pictures and videos of myself where I look and feel amazing Mm -hmm. and look good and other dudes may look at it oh she thirst trapping but I'm like yo I'm posting this for the shorties like cause if women see me feeling good and looking good I hope it makes them feel and look good and there's like a weird thing cause the reason why I follow so many beautiful women Mm -hmm. or just women in general like they're all beautiful but um, it's because when I look at them I feel beautiful It's, it's crazy I also don't, I'm also not the type of woman to really like compare myself, but there's something about uh, confidence that is so dope and so contagious that like when we see it as women, we're like, yo, yes, bitch, you better like, you better go the fuck off. And then right. we, we're going to walk away with 
like even if it's not that full confidence we're gonna walk away with a little bit of confidence like yo yeah. like shit she could do it i could do it too you mm-hmm. know regardless of what we look like regardless of how different we look right like it's just something about i remember one time you asked me i posted something this was a while ago i don't know if you're gonna remember mm. well i posted something and you're like like why, why'd you post that mm. and i was like i don't know because I, I look good and like and I post it for other women. And you're like, you don't post that for other men? I was like, nah, I don't really, I don't post for men. Right. You know, my goal on my Instagram is to get my women following right. up. Mm-hmm. Because I I love when women hype other women up. I Like, a straight man could pull up on me. A gorgeous, amazing, perfect <clears throat> straight man individual can pull up and compliment me till his fucking face turns blue. And I'll be like, okay, cool, thank you, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But if a woman pulls up on me and hypes me, or a gay man, or, and and like hypes me up, it's just something different because I know there's no sexual intentions behind it, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel a hundred times better. How you know these women would take you down? I mean, even if they did want to take me down, that's even that's even greater because. Women are picky with other women. <laughs> so if a shorty wants to take me down, I'm yeah. like, you choose me. I, I get why it hits different. You know, yeah. it does. It absolutely yeah, hits different. You, and yeah, so, like, sure. um, I feel like when when it comes to strippers, uh, I have one of my best friends is or was a stripper. Mm. She no longer dances. Um, and I loved her for it. She used to yeah. FaceTime me at work. And I was like, yes, bitch. I used to hype her up. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just, there's just so much empowerment and so much dopeness and confidence and, like, um, sh- certainty of yourself mm-hmm. that goes into stripping. Oh, that's what, that's what I'm saying, And, man. like, and it's it's just gorgeous. It's amazing to see. I love it. I'd be here. admiring that. I'd be like, man, you just butt-ass naked mm-hmm. out here, chilling. Because mm-hmm. I've had too many body issues that I'm working through still, mm-hmm. and I'm 44 years old. That I still haven't worked through where it's just like I'm not comfortable, you know, with my own body yet, mm-hmm. even now. You know what I'm saying? It's a lifelong struggle for many people. So, and for me, when I see it, I'm just like, man, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah, doing your thing. I'm just, I'm just drawn to that as well, like the confidence in the shit. I'm tired of seeing Tahir with his goddamn shirt off. <laughs> But but shout out to him for but being shout out to him going. for the confidence him yeah. and him and Doughboy Kev they be shirtless mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing them but I I I, I always admire the confidence that to hear Kev and Doughboy be having to have their titties out titties because I'll be like I'll be hiding I'll be like yeah no just don't look and Tony got pecs man he's got a good he got a good chest and he be like yeah. I don't be trusting Sabrina though. See, and this is why I can't because, tell you shit no more. I'm gonna have to hire people. Can you tell him that he looks good? When I when I be personally seeing the weight gain, and I know you say I got dysmorphia or whatever body. You do have body dysmorphia. I'll be like, man, nah, man. And then she'd be like, You looking good though. She, what she does is she dances around. Like I'll be like, man, I'm trying to work on the pouch and the love handle. She dances around. And she goes to the but 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 the pecs though you know she be trying to get to the I to the positive. A, I kept it a buck with you when? the other day. The other day when I was like I we were I was looking at your body yep. and I was like okay this is what you need to do in order to mm-hmm. get and that was me telling you like nah obviously that's a sugar coat you kept it too professional man give me because the raw I, I real have, I have a trainer mentality and but the thing the thing with you is that no matter what I tell you um you're no. not gonna listen to no that's not true. <laughs> You're writing, you're, you're writing me off because I want the raw real. So but, if you came but, to me with the raw real, and I I'm going to listen to that. I tell you the raw real. The raw real is that you need to change the your timing of eating. 
You need to change the way you eat. I'm giving you the I. All right. So everyone who doesn't know, change it. Everyone who doesn't know, I am a NASM certified trainer who did it for years. I managed a gym, so I see what Tony's. I see Tony's issues. Mm -hmm. I see what he wants to work on. I'm still gonna be like, it's it's not terrible, but it's fixable, Mm -hmm. and I see why you want to get rid of it. I see, but I also see that. There's certain parts of your body that, like, no matter what I tell you, you don't see it. Like, that little part that I was like, yo, this is getting flatter. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I first met you. And I kept it real. I was like, when I first met you, it was a little bit pudgier. You've been saying this but because for years now. That's because you have been working out for years. No, it's not out. an overnight thing. I lost it. Got it back. Mm-hmm. And she's still like, man, she's going back to, man, it came down from the first time. But it's going back up. It, it might be going back up now, but it's not as bad as it was when I first met you. See, she always goes back to the beginning for for the whole. I want the real in the now. But do, do you want to mention? Do you want to acknowledge your progress? I progress, but I've fallen back again. See, here's the thing. But I also don't get to. <sighs> I think she's trying to make it so you don't be too hard on yourself for. I want the hard on myself. But the thing is, but you that, already are hard yeah. on yourself. Exactly. And I but want it's not somebody that else bad. because somebody you else. You, you coming in is going to make me work hard. I am being solution oriented, but he yeah. does not appreciate that. He doesn't want that. He just want to be like you, fat mother. F-. And no, then, well, like, you ain't <laughs> got to be disrespectful, but I just want the raw, real because that that gives me extra motivation. I'm like, man, Sabrina, really see it. Then she always comes in with the positive. Man, you right, you come Q, a long man. way since when I first met you, but I slimmed down, and now I'm back up again. I want her to be like, yeah, you are back up again. You know what I'm saying? You Maybe you should, you know, cut back on this, this, that, and the third. Because I see, you know, some changes here. I like that. And oh, I, I respond better to that than to just to be like. But the thing is, is that you want things that aren't real. You want me to lie to you instead of being like. like I you, gained. But I don't see it the way you see it. So Because you don't always gain from the same places. Your, your legs are thicker. Mm-hmm. Your legs are definitely thicker from when I first met you because. My man's was out here with the, but you also been squatting a lot. So yes, you have gained, mm-hmm. but you've gained muscle um, on your legs because you clearly don't have. You're not thickums where you're jiggling everywhere. You're not da 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 But because uh, I also feel like you're so focused on the number on the scale and in your mm-hmm. head. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. That when you see the number go up, you automatically think spare tire. That's where that's where it, all the the number this is. is. Wrong again. But if you read the so I'm gonna read wrong y'all again. the comments since a lot of y'all are probably watching this on YouTube. A lot somebody says you def have body dysmorphia, Tony. Uh, Tony does not want to accept compliments. Um, um, I am being solution oriented. Uh, why would she be hard on you? A lot of times we see people in the way they will never see themselves. That's a hundred percent true. This is a hundred. Touche. We do see ourselves differently. Yeah. I'll so give you that. what I see in you mm-hmm. is a man who's been progressing, and I'm like, yo, that's dope. You do look different. Your body is different. But do I notice every single little new pudge that comes back? No, because I also I also don't stare at your like naked torso i don't i don't get to see i don't get to see tony's naked torso often, that's because she'd be staring too hard yo. <laughs> you want me to stare hard because then i could be like oh shit you are getting a little bigger you want me to stare hard as, as hard as you stare at yourself so i can notice the little differences but if i don't get to stare hard sweetheart she'd be staring hard so because be you know what i'm saying i'm like yeah like let <laughs> me let me take this in it definitely 
sounds like body dysmorphia. Man, it, is, out, um, it is body dysmorphia. One hundred percent. Tony has body dysmorphia. I wish he would talk to somebody about it because <laughs> it's bad. He's so used to the child he was, and he still kind of has that mentality that he's afraid of going back to that because of how it made him feel in the moment. That he's so like scared of it that any little thing that shows that he's bound his way backwards, he it turns into a bigger thing. But the truth is, is that this is a man who is now knows exactly how to prevent from ever going back that way. And once in a while, we might slip. Once in a while, we might Tell slip. Tell me I'm slipping. But I don't know. If you got to be naked in front of me every two days, I, every two business days, I'm going to need to just <laughs> stare at you. Every two business days? I need to stare at you naked and be like, all right, today you look a little slippid, slippidage. You, can, you should before. be able to see the slippers even with a shirt on. But I can't. Because also, you know why? We're also in the winter. You've been wearing mad hoodies. I don't see you in that many shirts. You know what I mean? That, that's, a, that's a sign right there. It, is it that drastic, though? It's not. It's your it, Yeah. Not. I mean, it, it's, it's game it's for sure. But is it enough know, to be like through the shirts? Yeah, because I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm more rounded towards the bottom now than I was, <laughs> yes, you know, sir. months ago. Months ago, you know what I'm saying. So it's like the difference is there. I'm not. I'm not making that up. The the weight gain is is the real thing. Is here. It's not just muscle. It's fat too. Because I know, you know, I know how I've been eating, and I know how my body adapts to it. Now, with her, it's like, and this and this, and this just goes to, you know, even even like even even when I was 272 pounds. My ex-wife never said a word. Never said a word. Just had me out here, 272, eating everything. But you know what's the difference? And so now I know, I know that, and Sabrina's very mindful of not wanting me to beat myself up, not wanting, not wanting to say the wrong thing, to have me like, you know, this, that, and the third, beat myself up on the negative tip. I'm like, yo, man, tell yo. I you, think you're getting pudgy around the midsection, man. You know what I'm saying? Give me that. I think what you do, and you'd say that I do all the time, mm -hmm. is that you overlook the things I do do. Right. I've cut salt completely from mm -hmm. our house. I don't cook a lot of the stuff that I used to cook because you want to avoid it to get back to your body shape. I've literally changed the way I've approached food, especially when it comes to us together, right. in order to help you mm -hmm. get to your goal. So that's a huge difference. And I don't I don't know about like how Re was with food, but then I look at somebody like, and no disrespect, I love you to death, Melissa, but I look at the way that Melissa eats around Kev when Kev is trying to be better. Right. Instead of trying to shift and be better with him, right. I shift and I try to be better with you mm -hmm. so you don't get tempted. You yeah. know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I feel like you need to focus on stuff like that. Like, you know what? But she does try to avoid as much as possible the stuff that would put me completely back. So those are the things that I do instead of being like, damn, son, you fat. I'd be like, oh, we not eating that this week? Fuck it, we not right. eating that this week. You know what I mean? Oh, right. you, you avoiding sugar? I'm not bringing sugar to the house. Yeah. I'm not going to bring no temptations to the house. But I usually tell you all these things but straight that, up. But this, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you tell me those things, I adapt for you yeah. to avoid temptations, to but avoid... But I'm telling you, give me the rough. But Can you adapt is, to this? But the thing is, is that there is no rough to give you. Like, I can't tell you that you're fat because, sweetheart, you're not. You're not. You might gain a couple pounds. But again, like, if I'm not looking at your naked body every two business days, 
How the fuck am you I supposed to know? You can see it through the clothes. You don't, you don't let me look at you that long. You'd be like, stop looking at me. And you be sitting down. You be hiding behind midnight and shit. I'm not tripping, y'all. He tripping. Everyone, everyone did, uh, also agrees. And for agrees. the record, the salt thing is for my sodium. That wasn't a fat thing. But sodium also bloats you. It does you. contribute. It, yeah, it, yeah. It but that, you. that's not why. Yeah, but um, I, I was cutting. I do, salt. I do, I uh, try to adapt, and like I, I feel like I do try to help you. I want you to help me by cussing you out and by being telling, like, yes. But that's that's not in like you. This might be something that you, you might need to compromise. I feel like this might you. This might need to be something you need to compromise. Like okay, like she may not be able to tell me this, that, and the third, but at least she'll try to help me get to my goal. Right, and I do. I'd be sending you, like, yo, this is the workout plan that I'm doing, like, the, or the the new abs workout I'm doing right. this week. You, you join, you joining me, you joining me on this challenge yeah. because I know that things like that, like, if you were to really, uh, you know, commit yourself to those things, right, you would get to the goal that you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I see, I see what you want. I know what you want, and I see that you're not there. Yeah. And that's the realest I'm going to give you is I, I see that you're not there. I see the love handles that you're so yes, bothered you by, but they're not yes. that bad because of your body shape. Yeah. Your height, your height is what, shelf. your height's what fucks you up, son. You should have been five, seven. Because <laughs> then I would have been like, yo, this little pudgy dude, he got quite the attitude. <laughs> you probably wouldn't even say it then. I probably wouldn't even talk to you. If I was 272, Sabrina would be like, man, you, you, at no, least you I, ain't 280 like you were. I ain't going to lie. I don't think I could. That's your know. preference. Yeah, it is my preference only because I do like to do, uh, I like to do fun things. <laughs> like I like to, <laughs> I like to do active things. So you definitely have to be an active individual. I can't have I'm lazy a, you bones. You be active at 272? There's a certain kind of active. Like I want to bungee jump. Or do go to those bungee you parks. You don't be doing none of this. I don't, but in my heart, I want to. <laughs> but I also, I also think about the here. zombie apocalypse. Like, what am I gonna do with you if you can't run nah, for a couple blocks? Nah, ain't no zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> they say I want that domestic. Somebody nah. said you want negative reinforcement, right? But I can't, that's not in my heart. I can't. I wish I hated Tony, so I can be like, damn son, you getting fat, low key. And I'd be like, oh, that. word. And then I would I'd, I I would have a six-pack next week. I actually want to read to you guys a text I got today. Okay. I'm not going to say who it's from. Um, but I got a text. And it said, uh, what's your clothing size? TC56. What's your clothing size? Because uh, I'm going to send you clothing. So I told them I'm a small on the top, medium on the bottom. And they said, bitch, we are not the same size. You are thicker than a snicker. And I said, did you just call me fat? And they said, thick, that ass, and them tits. And I'm like, nah, you just called me fat because they don't believe that I'm a small. Mm. How, how should I feel about that? When Thank you somebody asks you for your size and you tell them your size and they say, you're not the same size as me. Mm. Would you get offended? No. I got Not offended. as a woman because... I'm offended. If you got... If you got an ass, which you do, but I know and, my size. And, you and can't titties. tell me. Well, yeah, yeah, they they they're and inaccurate. Also, but I'm I'm talking about from the offended standpoint. Now, if you if you see somebody with ass and titties, you immediately think, "Well, I don't have that. You're not my size." Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm not I'm not sure the size of the person you're talking to. But yeah, I'll, I'll just show you the name. If if. 
Oh, I see why. Because she... Because it's also... There's also... She's a stick, kind of, sort of. Yeah. And so, if I looked at the two of you together, I wouldn't think y'all were the same size. Yeah. Not Not saying that you're fat at all, but it's just, you know... And also, know. I'm going through that whole, like, I'm fat. I've, I've been feeling like a fat yeah. girl lately. So, I don't think... I don't think in this case... I don't think you should be offended by what she said because if I looked at you two together and I've seen both of y'all together, I wouldn't think y'all were the same size. Are you calling me fat? Nope. I'm just saying y'all different sizes. I also think I'm offended because I've been feeling fat lately. Yeah, because it's like... And yeah. Tony won't tell me. What? That I'm fat. I've told you, like, hey, man. Not lately because you've been, you've been on the slim down, but I've told you before, hey, what's going on here? Remember? No. Oh, you don't remember that? Mm-mm. Yeah, well, I definitely told you before. Yeah, I was triggered. I, be, I felt like a fat girl. You was definitely triggered with that. Yeah. And so, because, yeah, because you know, y- y'all two are not, y'all don't look the same. Mm. And so it was like, wait, hold on. I'm, you know. Yeah. For sure. All right. I still feel fat. Look out, man. <laughs> There's <laughs> just two fat people living in a house that aren't really fat because we both have body dysmorphia. I'm so. fat. What the hell is she talking about over here? But me? Anyways, Will Smith and Denzel Washington <laughs> are both nominated for an Oscar. This is a crazy situation. Uh, I did not see Macbeth. Most people haven't seen Macbeth, and they're still voting <laughs> in your comment section. How do you feel about that? I hate it when people vote without <laughs> seeing both of the works. It's That's so a pet peeve of mine. Don't pick a winner if you didn't see everybody's performance. 100%. Okay, don't just automatically, Denzel, mm-hmm. and you haven't seen Macbeth, right? or you haven't seen King Richard, or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. These are performance-based, not careers. Yes. Okay, it's just King Richard's performance versus Macbeth's performance. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen both, hush. Okay? I've only seen one. I've only seen King Richard. And I know Will Smith did his goddamn thing in that movie because I saw it. It's so good. I'm glad he got nominated. <laughs> it's a worthy nomination. And if he won, I would be happy for him. I'm probably going to watch Macbeth uh, sooner or later. I've just been avoiding it because I don't like Shakespeare talk. I don't like Artith Thou, Perseus This. I, I just, I'm not a fan of it. And so, and somebody in my comments said, well, you were talking like that the other day in the, in the TikTok <laughs> filters. I can talk like that and be silly for the time being, but I'm still not drawn to the Shakespeare slang. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I haven't watched Macbeth yet. I actually like Shakespearean. I love the stories. I like the talk too. I just don't, because I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Then I gotta, I gotta get a, I gotta get a whole nother manual just to keep up with what words represent what. And it's just like yeah. it sounds like when I watch, <laughs> when I look at people recite. Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and they get all theatrical, and they just art oh, is this. I'll be like, I don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You basically went into another language with me, and I'm just looking mm-hmm. at you. I'm just, oh, oh, he looks, he looks angry. I don't know what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And so, that's my thing with Shakespeare. But the stories, great. Romeo and Juliet, great I, story. I I love the. I love that story. The Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. But the fact that they spoke in that language in that movie, I was like, I love that movie. God. Language and But all. luckily I knew enough about what the story was to where I was like, all right. But Shakespeare language, 
Um, I had a really good English teacher. Mm. Uh, her name was Donna LeBeau. You talk uh, about her a lot. Rest in peace, Donna LeBeau. LeBeau. I love you. I adore you. You are my favorite teacher. You have stuck with me for the, my entire life. Mm. Um, she broke down Shakespearean talk for me. Um, and I guess that's that might be a reason why I like it. Yeah. Because that lesson is always like stuck with me. Mm. Um, and yeah, she really killed it. And uh, LeBeau. Yeah, shout out, shout out to black teachers in general because I feel like they're the ones that always stuck with me the most. Because uh, she's, you know, black woman. She didn't give up on you. And, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I can tell you really feel like, based on what you told me about your scholastic situations, I feel like teachers bailed out on you. Oh, 100%. And then that just fucked you up mm-hmm. academically henceforth. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, that sucks. And I feel like I feel like that too with me. Mm-hmm. But a, a big part of it was due to me mm-hmm. not having the the confidence to ask for more help. Yeah, That's, I own that part of it. Like I, you know, I don't just completely blame the teachers because I know they're overworked, understaffed. Yeah, they got they teach in a classroom with thirty some kids, which is far too many children for one class. So I know I should have took the initiative, but I was a child. But I still should have took the initiative to been like, I need help with this, I need help yeah. with that, instead of just being worried about what the other classmates was gonna think of me. Mm-hmm. And so that that fucked up, that stunted my academic growth. And I'm just like, God damn, man. Yeah, I feel that. Um, you know, because you just be embarrassed to raise your hand or like, you know, and I look back. Fuck them kids, man. I was a hand I don't know reason. none of them. You know, and then, <laughs> so it's like, they can mess it up for your whole learning process. Mm-hmm. Then when you, when you start out as a hand raiser, and then the other kids are like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And then you be like, oh, well, maybe I won't raise my hand. And then, now, you screwed up. I was like, I was a class clown, but a hand raiser. Mm-hmm. So like, people were like, oh, it's gonna come out of her mouth now. Yeah. Did you um, think you knew more than the teacher? Uh, only in Spanish class. Mm. <laughs> That's because I'm Spanish. Yeah. I literally, I speak it fluently. Um, people would be like, is that is that how you really say it? I was like, in Spain. Yeah. But not in my hood. <laughs> I could see a student like that being annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, I was definitely a hand raiser. I was also, uh, I just, I learned differently and no one wanted to hear that. Yeah. No one wanted to hear that because in their mind, because I was I was really smart as a kid, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of things that I just couldn't retain, uh, and they would just be like, "Oh, you're just not trying." I'm like, "But I really am trying." Right. And they'd be like, "No, you're not." And I feel like with her, she was like, "Hmm, you really can't." All right, let's let's approach this differently. She took her time with me, right? And I appreciate that. Like That's she dope. like <laughs> she might have took too much time with me. I used to cut class. And kick it with her during lunch when she had when she was the lunch monitor, oh, yeah. and she was completely. But I was cutting Spanish class. She's like, "Girl, you know it. Just yeah. go and just go for the, the test." I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go for the test." Oh man, this this teacher was. I love her. Right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Macbeth and see what's up compared to two roles. But I'd be happy if Will Smith got a uh, Oscar. I'm about to say Grammy. Uh, speaking um, of Oscars, people are upset. The Lady Gaga did not get nominated. Oh, for uh, House of Gucci. House of Gucci. She was good in that. Though. She killed it. She was good in that. So a lot um, of people are just boycotting the Oscars because of, well, when I say a lot of people, the gays. Yeah, it's probably a few. Are boycotting the Oscars because of Gaga, and I feel that because mm-hmm. Gaga did really well. 
She did do good in that movie. She really um, she Even did. though I feel like they kind of rushed it towards the end. Yes. Her performance, though, was, was yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's get it, Sheldon. Um, wait, do I got ass this week? I don't think I got ass this week. There's no ass this week, man. All right. Uh, rest in peace, Gerald Williams, Yankee uh, player, Derek Jeter's bestie. Um, I just want to put that out there as a New Yorker. Uh, rest in peace, Gerald Williams. And I really hope that his family's doing well um, and also Derek Jeter. Because losing a, a best friend, it's got to be tough. Oh, man. The worst. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Oh, Ruth Negan in passing with snub. Oh, she got a didn't she get an Oscar nomination for that movie, um Loving? No, no, that's a different actress. Or is that the same? I think that's the same actress. Fellas. Yeah, I gotta bring the watch parties back, y'all. It's time. Fellas, I wanna ask y'all for the fellas in here, for the fellas watching, for the fellas listening, for you know, everybody, men. How you feel about your bodies? Are you happy with it? Do you think it's something you need to work on? You got trouble spots? How you feel? Why are you laughing, Sabrina? She laughing at y'all off camera. I'm just laughing because I don't know. I feel like men I think of you and how you over I how you how you feel about your body and I'm just like I hope that they don't all feel like this because you I don't want y'all to beat yourselves up man. We're about to find out. TC Smooth says I hate my body. Oh TC. Kobe McGuire, I'm skinny as hell. Terrence C, I feel it could be better. It's okay. Definitely need to get back into yoga. I'm a big guy and I love it. Hey. Uh Jamal says big trash. Uh Kiyomi says my boyfriend is currently insecure about his weight gain. Um, Chex Mex says mad uncomfortable finally hopped back on a diet and things are getting better quarantine messed his body up Ty Jr. I'm a gym rat G. Lowry still a work in progress getting better uh, Tony Ann says trash gonna work on see it's not just me I mean I feel that you know what I'm saying are you guys Are you? do you guys feel like you <laughs> you work as hard as Tony <laughs> Because you be working, man. Tar Heel 1990 says 275 down to 248. I see it. Okay. Four times a week. Boxing and the Oculus. That is great. Oh, boxing on the Oculus is a great workout. Fellas, and if you got the money, get an Oculus and box. It's a. I'm talking to you fellas in here that's like, yo, man, I hate my body. It's a great workout. Matter of fact, I wish I did it more often. Yeah, you don't do it a lot. Uh You enjoy it every time you do it. It's a great workout. I ain't been wanting to mess the floor up. Um, (laughs) It's a great workout, though. I should just give you the, I should get you a A a yoga mat. Yeah, because, man. If you got the room and if you got the you know the funds to get your Oculus, great workout. Yeah, Oculus is. I need I need to make it a I need to make it a real point to do it at least three four times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Um, Okay, Uh, I don't know who asked this question. I'm so sorry. I didn't. 
I don't I didn't get the name because I think you put the question mark in the wrong spot and that's what happens. Um, if you can men in black any embarrassing moment in your life, what moment would it be and would you flash yourself or just who saw it? Embarrassing moment in my life. Man. Uh, hmm. I would flash them. Because with every embarrassing moment, I feel like I learned from it. So I'm going to just flash them for seeing it. But, uh, dang, what's embarrassing to me? <laughs> exactly. Because you don't really feel like you wouldn't really change much. I was embarrassed when the firecracker popped in my hand because it was in front of some girls. <laughs> and so, you know, I cried. Um... I don't know, man. Like, uh, I really can't think of an embarrassing moment where I'll just be like, man, get me up out of here, Shelly. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I'm sure if I thought long enough. Right. This is going to be like next week's episode. Tony right, finally right. realizes what's embarrassing. I don't really be getting embarrassed like that no more. And as a kid, damn. I peed on myself in a train. Well, right before getting on the train, I had to pee really bad. And the train was taking forever. It was super late at night. I was waiting at Broadway Junction for the L train. This is when I used to live off of Livonia Avenue in Brooklyn. Um, and I really had to pee. It was really cold and the cold didn't make it any better. So I couldn't hold it anymore and I felt it and I was wearing light blue jeans and I just peed. Now, warm piss, cold air, don't mix. So steam was coming from my pants. Um, I whipped out a Sprite and I poured it all over my pants to make it just look like I slipped in a fucking puddle, even though the snow wasn't that serious. Damn. Um... And then I hop on the train and everyone just kind of looked at me like this pissy bitch. So I would have flashed everybody at Broadway Junction who saw it and everybody on the L train from Broadway Junction to Livonia Avenue and everybody. Oh, I actually ran from the train to the building. Luckily, the, the building was right there. Um, and that's who that's my embarrassing moment. That's Is that uh, in Brooklyn? Yeah, that's in Brooklyn. I know Livonia because of the jizzer. Oh, yeah. He said, back on the Ave of Livonia in Bristol mm -hmm. with a pistol. <laughs> she, sticking up Pamela and Crystal. I remember that. Yes, sir. Um, I'm sure I got some embarrassing moments, man. But no, nothing sticks with me. I would, I would have to really sit and marinate on that question because, man, I got nothing. Thank you, Nana P. That was her question. Um, I, I do. I would like to uh, flash the crowd in the, in the Bronx. Bronx. That's exactly what I thought of too. For I was that. like, I was, I was like, I wonder if he's gonna say that, but I don't want to bring it up. I never want to bring it up because it's my fault. For that set I did at the in the Bronx, <laughs> twenty nineteen. I would, I would like that night to be forgotten by everyone, <laughs> except for me. I want to hold on to the memory solo, 
Just be, I want Sabrina to remember this too. Just, just I knew it's her you would. She's about to sit in it with me. It'd but be like, funny because we'd be the only two people to know, and mm-hmm. it'd be like a stupid inside joke. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want that memory wiped. The comedians that was there, I want everybody to forget. <laughs> nah, what y'all don't The cool understand. piece is it was not a it was not a bomb. It wasn't. But in my head, it was mediocre as hell, low-key loss. And so I'm just like, and this is New York. So this is a city I long for. <laughs> so we in, we, in, we in the Bronx, New York. And this is a city I covet comedically. And for them to not be paying attention, really, and just for me not to connect with them like that, I was just like, this is the worst. It was L. Ron Hubbard in my eyes, LL Cool J. I was like, oh, God. And then, <laughs> but it made me go super hard in, in Brooklyn the following night. Yeah, I'm sorry. So that's a moment I would I would wipe clean. That's totally my fault, and I own it. Because I was like, babe, go ahead. I, was, I, I really was just wasn't so excited. trying to go up. I was so excited to see you go on stage in my city, like, I could have just waited for the weekend to come when you were actually going to go on stage in my city. But I was just hyped, like, my baby's in New York. Like, let's go. Like, show these people. Mm-hmm. I was, like, such a, a proud girl at the time. Like, <laughs> not that I'm not proud. I mean, immediately after, maybe not. But I'm proud again. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's my man. That's my baby. But then as it, the set went on, I was like, damn. I should have went with my instinct because I really was trying to avoid that stage time, y'all. Normally, I'd be like, "Yeah, throw me up, coach." But he asked me. He was like, "Yo, Tone, you want to get down?" And I was like, "I wanted to tell him no, but I didn't want to say no." So I was just like, "Uh, uh." I was doing that, and so he got distracted by other comedians coming up and talking to him. So I was like, "Yes, I dodged that bullet." Mm-hmm. And he came back. I was like, "Yo, Tone, you want to do some time?" And I was like, uh, uh, and then Sabrina was like, "Go on, do a quick five on him." Five. I did. I was just like, ah. And I had shorts on. I don't even remember what you what jokes you told. I did my set. I did my on tour <laughs> set that's been killing. Oh yeah, that's true. And you... I ain't go up there bullshitting. And show sure enough. The bullshit is what I got. I'm sorry. It was the shorts. I got uh so Rob Stapleton sent me a picture of the shorts. He sent me a picture that night. Oh yeah, it was me and a, it was me and a, and a woman in the picture, and that was the night. Those were the shorts. That was the outfit, and I had on a Sade shirt, and it was just a L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. It was the shorts. Yeah, I don't know where those shorts are now, TC, but man, listen, Amir, it was tough. I'm sorry. And Rob been trying to get me back in that room. And then Rob put the nail in the coffin. Oh, my God. By telling people, y'all don't understand, man. This dude is funny. I literally put my hand over my face. And I was like, come on, bro. Like, don't do that. Were they jean shorts? Huh? They jean shorts? Nah, they were like khaki type shorts. I'll show you the pic after this. Yeah. But man. I gotta own that one. Tough I definitely night. gotta. I definitely gotta own it. That's all me. I was embarrassed that night. I was, <laughs> and I've been embarrassed on stages before. Aren't you know, you taking L. Ron Hubbard's, but um, 
Show show y'all the picture. All right. I'm a, I'm gonna post the picture on my Instagram. I'm gonna try to show y'all right here right now on this camera, but I'm a, I'm gonna post it. I'll be like, this post the outfit. It, post it on the Patreon. This the outfit I bombed in. You gotta do like those YouTube people that put their hands behind the makeup. Oh yeah, yeah. there it is. <laughs> that was the night, man. <laughs> that was the outfit. But then you killed the next day in Brooklyn. Shout out to Brooklyn. You know what it is? Brooklyn it's the Bronx, came through. Man. The Bronx. I I had a score <laughs> to settle that night. I had a score to settle in Brooklyn. I gave them 117%. Yeah, that was a good time. And it was a good room. Man, I like the size of that room. I feel good about that room. That room was really, it was a dope size, My too. energy was different and everything. I, I was going for blood. That's but, you know. True. He did look so happy in that picture. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't deserve this. That poor baby. Man. I had the peace <laughs> sign up and my eyes was... <laughs> Empty. Oh, that was the Shawshank Redemption that that in that trip. Anyway, yeah. y'all, I gotta get the hell out of here. We are an hour and twenty four minutes in. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my patron saints in here having making it a good time. We got we got very personal in this episode. Yes. But you know, I ain't no punk. Um. Anyway, um, if you are in Nashville, get your tickets. Come see me this weekend. I got five shows starting Thursday. One Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, pull up. And if you're in Miami, I'll be there the weekend after that. Uh, kill the model show. Oh, thank you, Marie. I feel like I was robbed in the modeling episode of the Real Comedians Challenge Show. I feel like I got robbed. Um, but the uh, but a note we have for the challenge show, if y'all if y'all don't watch it, we telling the judges really. Don't be going for the twist endings and don't be picking bullshit-ass winners. Pick who actually won the challenge, henceforth. They were going for shock value on the show, and it just didn't oh, that's cool. It didn't make sense. So we don't need no surprise winners. Um, but, yeah, y'all, appreciate y'all. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting everything that we got going out here. Um, Nashville, Miami. Tacoma, y'all are the next three cities I'm pulling up on. So pull up if you're around there. I'll tell you people to pull up if they out there. Um, shout out to Sabrina yeah. for producing this thing. Shout out to Amir on the ones and twos in the back. Um, yeah, y'all. I feel like there's something else I need to say, but I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's one more thing. Hmm? Um, you could have reviewed moonfall i have to review moonfall let me do that right here right now because yeah. i have to do it um i forgot i gotta do moonfall review and i'm doing it right here right now the movie moonfall came out last weekend uh low-key bombed at the box office and there's a reason for it moonfall <laughs> is uh the latest in disaster flicks uh, directed by roland emmerich who brought us independence day 2012 um he's the good day after tomorrow he's the go-to guy for any type of big epic disaster big scale action sci-fi movie joint so ever since they did independence day they was like yeah moonfall 
is about the moon literally dropping on Earth and killing us all. That's pretty much the premise of the film. It's like, yo, what if the moon fell to Earth? And that's the premise. So, so naturally, with these type of disaster type joints, there's going to be ridiculousness in it. All right? We, we all know how these movies are set up. It's set up for the ridiculous. Remember, remember in 2012. Did you ever see 2012 with John Cusack? I did. I feel like I have. You might have. Yeah. You, you just forgot about it, probably. Mm-hmm. These movies are so ridiculous. John Cusack was a limo driver, and he's driving the limo while the earth is crumbling beneath. Every, everything is getting destroyed. Everything is falling into the, the deep chasms of the planet. He's driving a limo <laughs> and beating the odds. <laughs> I was just like, wait, what? Did he just do all this driving in a limo and survive? The whole state of California collapses and the limo the limo drive outruns the collapse of earth behind it. So go in with that mindset and then Moonfall is just as ridiculous. <laughs> First of all, the premise. Here's the premise. So so um there's a group of astronauts, Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, and another third random guy who you know, you know, you already know. If there are two stars that you know and a, and a random third, fourth person, you already know that third person ain't making it. You already know, man. This It's the Star Trek rule. Remember in episodes of Star Trek, it'd be Kirk, Spock, Bones, random guy that works on the ship. You already know who's not coming back. You already know. So once I see this, I'm like, oh, here we go, disaster strikes. And all of these movies, all these disaster movies have the same character archetype every time. You got the bumbling, fumbling, nerdy, smart dude that figured everything out. He's fumbling with the paperwork. He's got everything. He's clunky. He's glasses on like this. Oh, I've just discovered something. Nobody believes him. Nobody believes the bumbling, fumbling crackpot. We got that character in this thing. We got the disgraced hero that's down on his luck, that's waking up in this shitty apartment, but he used to be the best that ever did it. Now he's disgraced. Now he's drinking beer for breakfast. He's getting up in his trailer and just like, oh, fuck life because I used to be the man, but I got disgraced. We got the disgraced hero. We got the by the book leader of the whole operation. Yo, we need to bring you back to save the earth. You can do this. I believe in you. Let's get it cracking once again. We got that character. Those are the three Characters you need for the building blocks of these disaster movies, and they are here in Moonfall. Halle Berry is the the straight shooter. We can do this. Pull yourself together. We need you for one last mission. Patrick Wilson is the disgraced hero. And that British dude, I don't know what his name was, but he was the bumbling, fumbling, smart guy that discovered something that a team of NASA experts miraculously didn't notice. Nobody at NASA noticed that the moon was off course. Nobody at NASA noticed that the moon changed its orbit all of a sudden. The moon that hasn't changed since well before we were here 
He's the only one that notices, hey, hey, the moon is off his orbit. Nobody noticed that? Bullshit. Horse shit. <laughs> There's no way. So he bumbling and fumbling. He gets the paperwork to Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, like, man, shut the hell up, man. You're crazy, man. Of course. Nobody believes him. But guess what? He was correct. Now, I always think about this scenario. Like, I, I'm an astronomy nerd. I'm always thinking about, man, what if the what if the moon fell to Earth? What if a planet hit us? I'm always thinking about this. What if a comet hits us? What if an asteroid hits us? What if the moon started coming closer to the Earth? This is what I think about damn near 24 hours a day. Because mm-hmm. I'm just fascinated by it all. I'll just be like, man. What would the moon look like if it was mad close? And now, you know, I'm always watching videos. And so if the moon really did start falling towards the earth, let's say that really did happen, what's gonna happen is it's gonna get so close to the earth that the 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 weather effects on us are gonna be catastrophic, first of all. We're gonna have these huge tidal waves, it's gonna be tsunamis out the ass because the gravity from the moon is just gonna be affecting, you know. The oceans, and it's just going to be crazy, all right? So once the moon hits a certain point in closeness to the Earth, it's going to start to break apart because the gravity of Earth is going to start breaking that moon to pieces. So now we got the pieces of the moon coming in hot on our asses. They coming in hot on our asses, guys. (laughs) City-sized chunks of moon crashing down to the planet. We're done. We're done on one of those hitting us. And I'll tell you why we're done on one of those hitting us. They theorized that the asteroid that took out the dinosaurs, that that decimated close to 90% of life on Earth, that asteroid right there that they say landed in the Yucatan Peninsula, that hit right there, that took out the dinosaurs, they say that was only six kilometers in size. Six kilometers damn near wiped the planet out. Now imagine a piece of the moon the size of New York hitting the planet. We're done. Movie over. The movie is complete. Roll credits. We died. There's no way we're coming back from that because the piece is going to come in hot. Now, mind you, I don't know if that piece is coming in as fast as the asteroid that took out the dinosaurs, but it's coming in. Anyway, bumbling, fumbling. They didn't believe him. Now they believe him because the the moon is off course. It's coming in hot. We got to do something. So here's what I feel about the movie. The movie looks low budget. The movie has a $150 million price tag, but it looks low budget. We saw it in IMAX. We made it a point to go see it in IMAX because it was going to be an epic visual feast of disaster. We pulled up. Special effects look horrible. The waves coming in look mad digital. I feel like they didn't really want to go in on the devastation scenes because they didn't have the money. It was ridiculous. They was they was cooking up stuff way too quickly. It felt too isolated. It felt like it wasn't a it wasn't a global threat. It felt like only 18 people was on the planet in this movie. Another thing that 
In the movie, when you're running from natural disaster, the earth is crumbling at your feet, you're trying to survive, you're, you're literally running from the earth crumbling at your feet. The gravity, the gravity's getting pulled, people are getting pulled up, trees are getting pulled up, rocks, boulders, oil tank trucks are getting pulled up. And people are running on the ground as a big semi-truck gets lifted from the gravity of the moon, because the moon is rising, pulling everything towards it. People are running on foot as trucks are getting lifted. You mean to tell me that the person on foot is not going to get lifted up, but the truck did? There's one scene where a tree is on this young man. A tree. He's underneath a tree. He's like, oh, the tree. The girl trying to get him out of there. The moon is rising. We'll use the gravity when it's pulling stuff up. When the, when the moon pulls the stuff up, it's going to pull the tree up and then we can escape. No. The girl waiting for you is going to get pulled up before the tree, then the tree, then you. No. It was ridiculous. They was driving around in the Lexus SUV, not getting lifted up. Driving on the ice, smooth. They did this one thing where the, the earth is collapsing. They drive, they hit the ramp. They did the fast eight. They hit the ramp, right? They drove to the edge of it as it collapsed. So they got that little ramp jump off. And then they land perfectly on another sliver of land that popped loose because the earth was crumbling and, and made the jump. I was like, you know what? I know these movies are ridiculous. The premises are always ridiculous, but come the hell on. Hmm. It wasn't boring. Mm -mm. It was entertaining. We were up the whole time. We was up. That that scene that you just mentioned, remember my reaction? Yeah. My reaction was very physical. I literally almost got up from my seat because I was like, there's no fucking way. The, the ridiculousness <laughs> was very entertaining. Mm -hmm. But man, come on, man. Come on. And then I'm just mad at the special effects. It was just like the characters were thrown in. They forced them on us. We didn't care about the characters. It was this one actor in there that was just like, he was just too. Oh, my he God. He was just, where's my son? Put him on the phone. Mm hmm Yes. Are you okay? And are you okay? The whole are time you... I thought he was going to be a villain. Man. I was like, oh, he's probably going to like be like, oh, like I don't even care about my son. I'm going to save right. myself. I really thought that that's where that was going. Well, he because was talking like a straight villain. He was, a, he was very one note even when he was loving. He was breathing in one note. Yeah. <laughs> So Moonfall. I did like Halle Berry in it. Mm -hmm. And I did like Patrick Wilson. I love Patrick. Pa Patrick mm -hmm. Wilson. Patrick. Oh. <laughs> Keep going. I love Patrick Wilson. <laughs> I'm a fan of him. Yeah. Like when I see him, I'm like, oh. I like Patrick Wilson, man. Yeah. And he, it's a, he's great. Like, yeah. It's unfortunate, this movie. I mean, this movie, you know. No matter who you put in it, 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 the premise is the star of this film, and it was just a ridiculous premise. Mm -hmm. And then even even the 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 plot twist of what caused the moon to do what it did was pretty ridiculous. Oh my god, that part I was just like, I I didn't like. Te I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, spoiler spoiler alert. But I don't want to. You know, ruin anything. Yeah. But oh my god. It's definitely a movie like if you're a smoker or any of those, if you partake in any of those activities, watch it with your friends yeah. and pick it apart. If, if you if you have friends that believe that 
the moon is hollow or, you know, man-made or whatever, you'll get a kick out of this. Yeah, it'll be fun. But forget all that. Y'all want to know my smooth jazz review of Moonfall. Well, here it is. Oh, yeah. I'm giving Moonfall. Two saxophones out of five. Yeah. I'm going to give it two just because I still like the premise. And I like Halle Berry and Patrick Wilson, but they just fumbled. The special effects were horrible. If you're going to spend $150 million, at least make it look like $150 million. Put some more people in there. Throw throw in a couple more disasters and just... God damn it. Mm. All right, y'all. That's my review of Moonfall. Um... Don't forget to uh, like, share, and subscribe. Comment on Moonfall in the comment section. Even if you haven't seen it, what's your favorite disaster movie? Let me know in the comment section below, man. Uh, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, look at the moon with some respect because we, we owe a lot of what's going on down here to the moon. So next time you look up in that sky, don't give the sun all the praises. Give the moon a shout-out as well because it's very important to us. All right, And I love the moon. I haven't seen Don't Look Up yet. I got to check that out. But anyway, man, I love y'all, man. Peace. I'm out.